The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. A million years from now, reality itself was almost destroyed. It was saved by a hero. Yeah, it was saved by you. In your reality, where you are right now, the Cybermen have already conquered Earth. Okay, as a wise man once said, I won't say. make this choice. So you've got to. You're the doctor now. Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who pod, with just Dan again this week, veering off from the wonderful TV world of the Mad Alien with the Blue Box to bring you the third and final episode of my look at the video game Doctor Who Edge of Reality on the PS4. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's uh, indulged me and listened to this solo project and, and everybody who's provided feedback. Uh, it's been an experience. Uh, I have got a follow-up planned at some point, possibly tying in with Season 5 or 6. And wonderful, we're straight in with a plane or jet of some sort over my house. That is fantastic. Sorry about that, we'll just have to ride it out. So when we left off, we'd just been thanked by Jodie Whittaker for saving the universe. And that was where the original game, The Edge of Time, ended. But for the PS4 version, they've added an extra chapter, which is magnificent. Uh, Well, in theory, we'll see how it goes, I suppose, and and see what my thoughts on it were, because shock horror, once again, I don't do things in a timely manner. I played this a good number of weeks ago, so I am going just by my notes and what terrible memory I may have. So as we left, the cloister bell is ringing in the TARDIS. Uh, We have Jodie Whittaker there saying that the uh, the cloister bell always scares her and might change it to Teddy Bear's Picnic, which I think might make it more sinister, in all honesty. So we are getting dropped off, and whether we know it or not, we're stuck in a time loop, uh, as we saw last time with the, uh, you know, these events always have to happen. So at some point they're going to start again, and we're just going to be stuck essentially uh the time loop is being disrupted and we get a vague illusion as to what it could be before we're just told to get out of the tardis do our thing and we'll get picked up later on and we are back in the laundrette uh, from the start of the game the tardis dematerializes and uh, emma is looking at getting the electricity back on uh, there's some readings the reality virus is still at play so the ending, uh, you know, with finishing off the big bad, was is now something of a of a bait and switch, which is okay, I suppose. But this just feels like an excuse to get more content in of a really popular character, as we'll come to in a second. 
did find out that there is a journal entry for Larry's Nightingale's uh, phone, as you bring up using the uh, the middle uh, the middle touchpad there on the PS4 remote, which was very cool. And it said it was used to finish off the angels. So, you know, love stuff like that. We get the power on, and as and the plane circles round yet again, I don't know what the hell is going on. I live in a city, we're in an urb, you know, a relatively urban, suburban area, I suppose. And, but yeah, you know, Wednesday morning, perfect time for flying about and causing havoc. So I hope that's not picking up too badly. I'll see in the edit and it will probably be on my efforts to fix, but I'll cry to Sai or, or UTT Rob to, <laughs> to help me out. Uh, but anyway, we get the power back on and David Tennant is on the telly. The 10th Doctor is back and there's a little bit of back and forth about being nothing like her, meaning Jodie Whittaker. And there's a lovely little line that says her river will be in seventh heaven, which is a bit of an odd line, I suppose, because the, you know, 10th doctor and river never really had that much interaction. Um, you know, he knows roughly who she is, but doesn't actually grasp the significance. So um, anyway, I can look beyond it. It was, uh, it was quite amusing. But Tennant is there to uh, to to help us out. Really, everything's gone timey wimey, lemon and limey, as he as he puts it. He got a tip off. He's got a friend giving him information. Uh, in my notes, I've said I bet it's Jodie Whittaker, and I'll be honest, I can't remember, but I'm assuming it is. He says he can't say too much, or he'll break the Blinkovich paradox. Now, I looked into this because I thought there is no way that is a real paradox. If it is somebody named Blink after it, and it's not a real paradox, to be quite honest, it was named after. They did name it after Blink, and you know, fair play, it sounds real. So I'm I'm on board with that. But essentially, breaking the Blinkovich paradox will destabilize the universe again. No spoilers. In this part, the reality virus has been modified by the Cybermen, and in this version of reality, they've already conquered the Earth. So our job is to stop them. We need to find the head of a decapitated Cyberman, which will reveal their next move and then find the Doctor. And that's all he can tell us for now. Again, very reminiscent of Blink. It is obvious where a lot of this has drawn its inspiration from. And we get a good old Alon Z uh, from David Tennant to finish off the TV message. So, so far it's hitting a lot of spots, uh, hitting a lot of nostalgia spots for me, the Blink references and, and all of that. And, and it's just nice to see Tennant. It did start to it did feel a little bit f- fan servicey if that's a criticism i'm not sure it is because i like stuff that do, that does that if it's done right and the, you know this was fun this was you know it, it was a nice little story point and then i found tom baker's scarf to put in the miniscope so brilliant we went out the front and i see the cyberman pushing through uh, trying to push through reality again which i can't remember if i mentioned too much in part two but it was happening all the way through uh, which was, you know, a nice little thing. And I know it was added for this chapter. So, you know, if you play the original game, you probably won't see it. Uh, but if it had ended, you know, at the end of two, then it would have been a complete waste. We're back in the 76 uh, Totters Lane junkyard. The Cybermen are there. They're quite slow and clunky and uh, easy to avoid. So it's it's pretty easy. You essentially just run. They are very slow. They're not really a threat if you're paying attention. Uh, shock horror, at certain points, I was not paying attention, and I got done. It's a slightly different layout in the junkyard, and it's it's daytime, and it's raining instead of nighttime with Dalek ships overhead. 
it's a very different atmosphere, but that's not a bad thing. It's actually quite nice. I like it. I like to see an envi- an environment used more than once. Sorry for the hiccup. It still had the same lagging problems, and it was just this level for some reason. And I don't know why. I'm not a game developer. Somebody out there might be able to tell me, but it really did annoy and and just just make things unnecessarily tedious. You know, when you when you're traveling at a half or a third speed, it's just not good. But you know, it it was just that one level, and like I say, if you're paying attention and you figure in, and you're actually, you know, you're not a dickhead like I am. Don't go the wrong way and get deleted. You'll do this level in in no time. It's no problem at all. Uh, you find the head of the Cyberman, and it actually it had a and that gave an achievement called Alas Poor Handles, and it just made me sad because obviously it's named after after the handles from uh, from Matt Smith's finale. So just oh, that's yeah, Alas Poor Handles. Uh, but that gives us the uh, the Cyberman manifesto, I suppose, on mission statement. Point one, equipped with ga- with gamma level security. Point two, Earth reconfigured to be part of Cyber Empire. Humanity will be upgraded. Point three, reality fi- virus of reformatted with Mondasian tech. Point four, gamma security includes notification protocol. Presence detected by nearest cyber ship. Point five, you will be deleted. So grab handles and off you run. Again, you're running through the junkyard trying to find your way out or to the cyber ship, I should say. Uh, we need to get to the base of the tower and get to the mothership. I'm a dickhead. I went the wrong way. got deleted. Went the right way, and there was absolutely no peril whatsoever. So if you're not a Muppet and you think about it for more than two seconds, like I say, not a problem. Uh, we end up on the the cyber warship while Emma's trying to hack stuff. The bad news is this is uh, the ship is en route to Telos, which uh, we actually covered uh, the Cybermen on Telos. I forget the exact uh, exact episode name, but that was in the first episode of the Doctor Who pod. So it was very nice to have that reference in there. Um, that is one thing. They, they obviously actually put some thought in the writing, but they didn't just make up planet names for the hell of it. A good deal of thought was put into these, uh, these small touches. Uh, but we're actually going to Telos to... Uh, revive the frozen armies and take advantage of chaos in the reality virus it's it's just it's just a fun little thing you know making use of doctor who canon and, and the established doctor who universe it's just so very fun the good news is we detected somebody with two hearts so it must be the doctor the ship is crawling with cybermen and cybermats uh, they have this little mechanic where you find the security panel and you control a cybermat to disable Cybermen, again, wasn't paying attention, got caught and deleted, felt like a knobhead. But, you know, you press on, because how else are you going to finish the game? You go, you, essentially, you're going around using Cybermats to disable Cybermen, and it's it's a fun little mechanic. You know, you're watching it on a TV screen, got the little Cybermat rocking around. It's easy. The Cybermen don't look at you. You just zap them, and that's it. So there's no great challenge to it, but it's just an amusing little thing. And I, I really enjoyed the mechanic. Uh, we do eventually find uh, Jodie Whittaker. She's sealed off in a cell with a telepathic link to the Siberium. Again, bringing in the um, uh, the haunting of Villa Diodati and, and the end of that uh, Jodie Whittaker series. So 
again, another great link. Basically, she's in there trying to unlock the cell, but it's opened by a handprint that's two fingers and a thumb, which made me think of Donna Noble on the Sontaran ship. But apparently, uh, we need parts for a cyber hand. I managed to sneak past a Cyberman, and one was impossible to sneak past. And I found the panel deactivated it, but I got deleted. It was bizarre, because it was, it was just, obviously it was chasing me. I know that I said the slow, but the the animation took so long that I got caught up with and deleted. So, lovely. Then there's a massive cyber conversion chamber with loads of Cybermen in there. They are easy to avoid, again, if you're paying attention. But sort of no, no indicator of where to go. I got it on the second try, and you, essentially you, you sort it all out. Free the Doctor, yada, yada, yada. It's nothing major. Again, it's pay attention and you'll sort it out. It It's just, it could do with a little bit more signposting. It, you know, there's not a vast amount of places to go, but in this section, there's a lot of backtracking, a lot of backwards and, you know, a lot, like I say, a lot of back and forth. And it's, it's all right. There's enough peril in the conversion chamber to make it feel like a challenge. But I keep going back to it. Just, just if you're concentrating, you're fine. It's, it's not that difficult. The uh, on Jodie Whittaker, Whittaker, on Jodie Whittaker's escape, uh, the ship gets redesignated. We're near the Fourth Cyber Legion, and you can transmit between ships. Uh, the Doctor has, has effectively turned her cell into a bomb, but wants to interrogate the Siberium to find out the plan. And we need to get rid of the force field to let the TARDIS in, and then they can escape. Again, like I said, a lot of back and forth. Um, the Cybermen activating and chasing you was very hit and miss, uh, which is helpful. You know, uh, <laughs> at this point, I just wanted to get this bit done, and the fact that some of the Cybermen just didn't bother with me, yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, you eventually, you sonic the generator to deactivate the uh, the force field, and what's been trying to push through for the whole game finally pushes through. And it's a Cyber Reaper, which is a Cyberman that uses parts of other Cybermen to repair itself and effectively cannibalizes them. And it's a, it's a sort of janky, almost zombie-ish moving Cyberman cover, uh, surrounded by essentially red static and electricity. But the way it comes through and, and, and moves basically inspires the thought to run like fuck. The look of it isn't great. The, the graphics are such that you're not going to get like, you know, like the lone Cyberman and the aforementioned haunting of Villa Diodati. You know, you're not going to get that level of sort of body horror, shall we say. It's just not possible. Again, I ran into the wrong bit and got deleted by the Cyber Reaper because I wasn't paying attention and couldn't get the map in my head. I am not good at video games. Up close, it did look a bit Mondasian. Uh, you know, a bit like uh, the very old Cybermen. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional, but it did. It was a neat little observation. On the next run, I ran the wrong way again because I'm shit and got deleted. Uh, it was just idiotic because all I had to do was retrace my steps to the start of the level and get saved by the TARDIS. And because I kept going the wrong way, I just annoyed myself. So any tension, any fear, anything like that, was completely lost on me, because I'm an idiot. It's annoying that it took it out of me. I think in VR, it would have been creepier. Uh, it would have been a lot more tense, probably, 
because obviously you, you've got it in your entire field of vision, whereas I was just watching, you know, playing it on a screen. It, it doesn't have the same effect. I think that's where the uh, the part uh, puts it maybe at a disadvantage. But anyway, we're back in the TARDIS. Jodie Whittaker's there with us and says, welcome back, fam, and I hate the fucking word fam. And it was, for me, one of the worst things about Jodie Whittaker's run uh, was the use of the word fam. So it's just a weird little bugbear. But, you know, they had to put it in for character purposes. I understand that. Uh, we get a bit more sort of story points. Uh, Emma's questioning why they upgraded the, the reality virus. The Cybermen did that because it makes societies more vulnerable to conversion and actually want to be upgraded. And it means that they can restore universal order. We figure out that the virus needs a power source, we need to find, which we need to find and destroy, and disable the three transmitters. So it's that's a fairly sort of bog standard thing in gaming. I found you know, destroy the three things to do the thing. I think I seem to remember that one of the Dark Siders games, the whole game was just dis- find these three things to do this. Now find these three things to do this. Now find these three things to do this, and it got so fucking tedious. But at least this is just the one thing in this chapter. So I'll take it. It's fine. We uh, we leave the TARDIS to see what's left of the universe, and we emerge on 22nd century Mars. Uh, there's a glitch, there's all sorts of flo- floating villains, and David Tennant's talking, talking about Daleks and Cybermen, weeping, a- weeping Angels, Tasmas, Cybermats, the First and the Cyber Reaper. And all he says is, didn't think I was going to sit this one out, did you? Which is very, you know, it's very Tennant's Doctor, which was nice. And Tennant's there with us, uh, there's floating things are sort of blipping in and out, and the Cyber Reaper is there with us. So, what do what does David Tennant do? He looks at us and tells us to run. Now, obviously, the voice is spot on because it's David Tennant. However, the graphics on Tennant, you can tell this was a bit of a rush job because he looks absolutely shit. It's very cool to see the character, and you know he's got his blue suit and all the rest of it, but he looks fucking terrible, and it's sad. It wouldn't even, you know, it wouldn't look good in VR. It's not a part issue. It is just crap at this point. Yeah, it's not brilliant. Anyway, we get on with it. We're running through. We find the amplifier built around fragments of the first. The reality glitches as the Reaper gets closer. We're catapulted into another weak spot in reality, and it's effectively rinse and repeat. You know, we get we get transported. It's, it's traversal puzzles to get to the amplifiers. Cybermen can't jump, weirdly. So we get to the amplifier above this statue on Mars. We sonic it. It's done. I'm just laughing at this cyber, this all-powerful cyber reaper. You know, this robot cannibal that can't jump. I, I could probably make the jump. And I'm a, an unathletic lad-ass. But Whatever. It's because the plot needed it. We glitch into a forest, and it looks very much like the broken reality version of the forest from earlier. The bridges that we have to traverse are made of bits of debris and environment, which is it, it, it looks good. They, they, they you know, they are I've, I've shat on how David Tennant looks in this, and then the bad sort of the bad job they've done there. The traversal stuff, the environmental stuff, looks good. That's no two ways about it. We get to the final amplifier. And it's a, it's a standoff between Jodie Whittaker and the Reaper. And there's a couple of good bits in there, you know, saying it's pitiless, relentless, and devastating. And 
it's you know sort of treated as cyber gloating and there's a whole debate about emotions you know the side men understand the value of fear even if they don't have feel it themselves and Jody's saying emotions aren't how they live how they live they're why they live and bits and pieces and, and the reaper actually puts forth a great point it's one of those moments where the doctor has to look into themselves and really question what they do because the reaper says the doctor's lack of emotion is the doctor's greatest strength and it's why the reaper sees the value of upgrading to her and calls jody pitiless relentless and devastating and accuses her of reconfiguring her friends and upgrading them to soldiers and it's just a wow you know that's holy shit it's a bit like in uh, in world's end that we covered in season four of the doctor who pod uh, with chris lewis you know it's a bit like that davros speech when he reveals the doctor as the destroyer of worlds and shows him himself and all the rest of it so yeah it's it's a good bit of writing and actually i had the subtitles on and they referred to the amplifiers as death helix which is way cooler so i wish i'd remembered that before um and then a question's posited to Jodie Whittaker about destroying the amplifier. And initially she says yes to, dis- to restore natural reality. But the Reaper says destroying the new realities is effectively genocide. So Jodie has to choose between victory and kindness and warrior heart or compassionate heart. And that's really interesting because, you know, restoring the natural order of things and restoring their reality, it's... It's what the, you'd expect the hero to do, but the sort of the pivot on the on the viewpoint, and then saying yes, but all these new realities have people in them, have blah blah blah, blah and it's just it really it actually makes you think, and it, it's more than I expected from uh, from you know a, a silly little Doctor Who game that's been ported over from <laughs> from VR. So again, very good writing, and there's a reference here to Madame de Pompadour. And meeting her when when David Tennant met uh, met Renette, again an, an episode that we've covered on the Doctor Who pod. And in this new reality, uh, the tenth Doctor stayed with her and had a family. And there's a time glitch, and we're walking through what's called the Chaosverse Tower, and you hear David Tennant uh, talking about swaggering in with Ramona or Susan or Rose or Jamie or Adric. And it's a really nice nod to previous companions. And it's... Basically, we've we've now got voiceovers of David Tennant's Doctor if he'd stayed with Renette. And I'm going to read you some of the bits and pieces. And it's sometimes it's from the point of view of the child, sometimes it's from his point of view. And so sometimes they look at our mum... And she'll ask where he's gone. Could be Scarra or Gallifrey or Unit HQ. Lost in memories. And he knows she feels guilty, but his, li- but his life with them means more than all of that put together. Our home is so much bigger on the inside. He's leaving this message in case anything happens to him. Look after your mum. She'll tell you stories of scary clockwork monsters a fireplace that could take you to the stars, and a man who came to her rescue on a white horse. Maybe she'll tell you the stories I told her of men made of steel and cities made of song. She thinks I regret it, but she's wrong. She took her lonely angel and made him better. 
Maybe she should be the doctor, because no one has called him that for years. I prefer Dad now anyway. And it's a wonderful insight. I've, I've kind of fucked it up a little bit because I wrote it down wrong. But it's a wonderful little thing as you're walking up through this tower and hearing these voiceovers of into an alternate timeline. And again, in sci-fi, I love that kind of thing. What if the Doctor stayed? What if he found happiness? But then what happens to the rest of the universe? And it's, it's, it's touching. You know, there's a bit more to it than that. But it's really, really touching. Tenant's delivery is fantastic. And it's almost worth playing the chapter just for that bit. Because I love that episode with uh, with Madame de Pompadour. I think it's fantastic, as we spoke about on the Doctor Who pod. It really is good. And we go from that to the com- back to the confrontation with the Reaper and the Doctor. The Doctor's seen enough, and the Reaper's still asking if she's willing to destroy small, beautiful lives for victory. And the Doctor has confused the mission. It isn't to destroy enemies, but to nullify their threat. And Jodie can't make that choice. So it's up to us, the player. We're the Doctor now. But we don't have a choice. It's, it's a weird one. you know. It's all this big build-up, big emotional thing. And then it's basically, do you sonic it or not? Because if you don't, you just stand there and nothing happens. So we sonic the amplifier. The Reaper gets sucked into the imploding virus. And that's effectively the end of it. We're back on the TARDIS. We're being thanked by Jodie Whittaker for destroying the virus and resetting the rea- uh, reality. Uh, she's integrated Emma into a new body so she can live as a human and sent her travelling with David Tennant. Her tenants in as a hologram and look shit. They got the Jody holograms, you know, spot on earlier on, but the t- tenant wants crap. And it turns out Emma was the informant, not Jody Whittaker. So that was a nice little twist. And he's going to show her the universe. And do you know what? He really wants to go. Again, nice nod to the show. Really like it. The TARDIS drops us off. We're back in the laundrette. The TARDIS dematerializes, you know. Give it the whole mysterious traveller in time and space, save the day. And yeah, it was saved by you. And isn't that a nice ending? It's cheesy, but it's nice. I'm going to have to take a drink. I'm very sorry, my throat's drying out. Uh, so I'm going to leave this in probably. So yeah, that's the end of part three. It was it was a nostalgic little add-on. Not sure it was entirely necessary, but it is worth playing just for that bit in the Chaos vs. Tower. Yeah, that's that's that. I did, I did put together a list of miniscope items that I found which is a nice little collectible thing and obviously much more of an appreciation for it now that we've covered Carnival of Monsters. Uh, so I found Christopher Eccleston's coat, uh, a miniaturised person in a matchbox, the headgear from the Robo-Men that, we all, that we've also covered uh, from the you know the first Doctor's time. I found a sarcophagus, which I'm not 100% sure of the significance of. It could be from Mummy on the Orient Express. Uh, we found Tom Baker's scarf, Sylvester McCoy's brolly, uh, David Tennant's 3D glasses, an art on hand, uh, Ace's bat, uh, Peter Davison's cricket ball, Handles' his head, Fish Fingers and Custard, a goblet that I have no idea where that's from, uh, Peter Capaldi's guitar, Colin Baker's, uh, sorry, not Colin Baker, Peter Davison's hat, a Vashti Narada helmet and skull that was really cool. So, you know, they, these are all scattered about in the levels, and I, I missed a lot of those, you know, looking at the the outlines of everything i missed uh i missed nine things which included not limited to uh, 11's bow tie 11 uh, so matt smith's bow tie and uh, matt smith's fez the fob watch from tenant's era the psychic paper a cyber mat and jodie whittaker's goggles so you know th- there's a lot in there it's a nice little touch 
I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the journal entries. The the plot of the first two parts parts that I covered was was good. It's an interesting story. I wouldn't mind seeing it play out on screen. That could be quite fun. So, I mean, overall, I suppose we get into my final thoughts on it, and not to not to quote, uh, not to rip directly off uh, Chris Bellis there on acceptable in the nineties. It's decent. It's not my favourite. The story—I was just sort of started on about the story. It was solid enough. It was good. It was good for the first two parts. The final part is decent nostalgia when you're playing on PS4 or console. You know, the mechanics are largely fine. A bit faffy in places. Um, you know, particularly with the lagging in the in the junkyard, and the. <laughs> Again, I've, I've tried to mitigate it and say that a lot of it was me being a dunce, but some of it was a bit frustrating. And you know, with the puzzles like trying to trying to get past the Daleks, but I found a way to fudge it, and then so you know the Cybermen activating or not activating, and, and it just not being brilliantly signposted at least for me. But as I say, I think it, there's no great challenge in there, really. You know, it's, it's you can probably plow through it in five to six hours, I'd say. Maybe less, like I say, if you're a better gamer than me. Um, so it was decent overall. It's, I'd give it a six. It was above. It was above average, you know. And it's a six out of ten. Nice. Um, it's above average. I'm not going to rush to replay it, but I wouldn't be upset if I did replay it. If that makes sense. So yeah, worth a go. Obviously, as a Doctor Who fan, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy the nods to to things you you already know, and it, it's it's. Bringing in characters who we love and and giving them another you know another outlet and giving you some agency over what happens. So yeah, I'd, I'd say play it. Don't spend too much on it. Uh, I'd say probably a tenner is about right for this. And yeah, just enjoy enjoy the game, enjoy the story. And that's me really. That's it done. That was Doctor Who: Edge of Reality on PS4. I've been Dan Griffin. If you want to hear more of me talking about stuff, I'm over on UTT Podcast, Unbooking the Territory, uh, where we look at the first and last of professional wrestling, and we have our side project, Unbooking the Tankatory, uh, which covers the life and times and the in-ring career of the hardest man that ever lived, Mr. David Tank Abbott. And we have Unputting the Territory, uh, which is looking at the Gator Golf Tournament on being the elite, the only time a wrestling belt has ever changed hands by a legitimate sporting competition. And I get far too annoyed at people playing on improvised mini-golf courses. So once again, thank you for indulging me on that. Thank you for all your feedback. There may be another little project like this uh, in the future. And finally, thank you for listening. <laughs>